This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't, and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm your host, Akansha Kumar. In a span of less than six months, Muslim women in India have been targeted twice. Their photos have been put out on an app earlier in July last year under the name Sully Deals on a software development platform known as GitHub. And in January this year, their photos have made it to the online platform yet again under the name Bullybuy. For those who don't know, Sully and Bully are vulgar slangs which have been used with a purpose in this case to humiliate women, especially from the minority community. Why are Muslim women the target of such an organized online attack? We will try and find an answer to this question during the course of this discussion. Let me first introduce you our panel for today. Joining me today is friend and former colleague, a freelance journalist based in Delhi, Arshi Qureshi. Hi, Arshi. Hi. Hi. Also joining us is Pooja Chaudhary, senior editor at Alt News, that has done a very detailed investigation last year as to who all is behind the Sully deals. Hi, Pooja. Hi, Akansha. Also with us is uh, Nidhi Suresh, my colleague from News Laundry, who's interested in gender-related stories. Hi, Nidhi. Hi, Akansha. So Nidhi has uh, also done an investigative piece earlier uh, looking at some of uh, people who were behind YouTube channels and Facebook pages uh, when the controversy around uh, the suicide of Sushant Singh Rajput had erupted. And she would also uh, help us understand the mindset uh, that is behind such a targeted attack. I'll first begin with Arshi. You know, I read your piece and, you know, you came to know when people started uh, tagging you on Twitter. And this happened on 1st of January when you, in fact, uh, wanted to announce to the world that you are beginning your stint as a freelance journalist. You are looking, you're looking out for work. And this Mm -hmm. is what comes your way. And what I wanted to understand is, is there a pattern behind all of this, Arshi? Were there earlier attempts? at intimidation through online trolling. And what do you think is the intention behind this? So yeah, as you rightly said, on first run, I was actually, I was start, I had to write my first report and I saw that I've been, like my name is being tagged somewhere and getting retweeted. So that's when I got to know. And it was really numbing for me to process everything. And yes, it is a targeted attempt to harass basically Muslim women. So this hasn't happened the first time, if not on this auctioning app uh, earlier, like on Instagram or on Twitter. So such trolls basically are the blue trolls. Uh, They would abuse me or something would abuse my family. And that's in a very derogatory terms. So it is intimidating to some extent, but then it does not really stop like I if they do it but I do not stop myself from saying so for some time I will I mean I will back off but then again I don't think I can uh, like I will stop speaking for whatever the whatever they do and it's an it there is a pattern like 
last time also when it it's like actually it happened for the third or fourth time this auctioning so they're like uh, continuously targeting those women muslim women and when i say women it like specifically specifically muslim women because these women are more vocal and are and speak against the government not just so it's a way to harass them to stop them and right wing hindu people i would say their motive is to silence because they can't see a muslim because we there is an imagery created for muslim women and they can't see that a muslim women can be more vocal so to silence them this is the only way because uh, okay honor and integrity for a women is should be the most the more topmost priority so to silence them this is the best way for them to harass and in fact in your uh, recent piece for maktoob media i and i i would like to just uh, quote a line from your piece you have written uh, the repeated attempts to sexualize muslim women reveal the inferiority complex that right wing hindu men suffer and muslim women of course have been at the forefront of uh, you know some of the anti government protests particularly the anti ca protests hmm. uh, do you think that this is another attempt at further polarizing the society given the political climate that uh, we are we've been seeing since 2014 yes it is and yes like uh like as my article like i'll quote uh it is a repeated attempt because it it comes from the inferiority complex within the men in hindu wing men if you've seen like there are many meme pages on twitter or on instagram where they uh where they uh would put out women in burkha or in wield something with hindu men so you know the the idea of muslim women being covered and wield being submissive is their i it's their idea that this is how a muslim women should be because like when i when i was reading trolls and everything so they said that uh, even your muslim men they keep you like this like why don't you question the muslim uh, men who keep you like this who i uh, want you to stay silent they they question us they target us and in fact then sexualizing us that this is like this is your this this is how you're supposed to be they sexualize us in such a way but since 2014 and like right after anti ca protest the the surge with which muslim women those who are at home the like homemakers they came and sat for days and days for so many days they just sat to protest against this that's why this law did not come in action because this created a fear among majority that if muslim women keep speaking the minority the minor, minority of the minority keeps speaking they they become they will be, become insecure it's a it's a threat to their quote unquote hindu rashtra which they do not want i mean which they want but but if we keep speaking they uh, they won't be able to progress with it they won't be able to go forward with it right so um, i would like to uh, bring pooja uh, into the discussion and uh, pooja my first question to you is that uh, in november all news did a fairly detailed investigative piece when there was a concerted effort to pin the blame for creating sully deals app on to a muslim youth zaved alam and what i wanted to understand is while you were interacting with this one person 
who would go under the name of Dang Chikitsak on Twitter and other social uh, media platforms. And his real name was uh, Krunal, who was trying Krunal to Patel. Uh, Krunal Patel, who was trying to uh, you know suggest that uh, he has evidence uh, that proves that it was in fact Zaved Alam who has created this app, and there were discrepancies in his version. Did it at any point appear to you guys while you were uh, you know chasing the story and interacting with Krunal that it is not just a handiwork of few individuals that there is uh, perhaps a larger network at play here? Yes, definitely. It was clearly an organized uh, attempt. If you go back to our story as well, there were lots of uh, Twitter handles that had taken responsibility uh, for the app. And uh, there were others who were uh, celebrating them and uh, congratulating them. But then after it started gaining a lot of, uh, uh, it started gathering criticism. That is when they tried to shift the narrative and blame a Muslim youth for the creation of the app. Now, this blaming also happened in a very, very organized uh, effort. Uh, they, they, from what we found is uh, that the chats that they put out uh, which showed that this uh, person named uh, Javed, Javed Alam is uh, um, taking credit for uh, creating the app. It seemed manufactured to us because uh, if you see, there's a discrepancy, this Dan Chikitsak or Krunal Patel. He had uh, on July 22nd last year, he had tweeted that he has proof of uh, this person uh, admitting that he's created the app. And in his July 22nd tweet, he has written that I will be, sh uh, I will be soon posting a video with the proof. And uh, the video he posted is, was of a Telegram chat. And that Telegram chat is dated July 24th. So clearly it was organized, but maybe not well thought out because, you know, he seemed to have knowledge of uh, something that happened on July 24th. Already, you know, he seemed to have knowledge of it on July 22nd, two days earlier. So it was a organized attempt and I spoke to Krunal on the phone because his number was uh, publicly available. Someone had uh, posted his number and that's how we found found his number and we spoke to him and uh, obviously he denied that he's not behind Sully deals and he's just trying to help out and uh, trying trying to help the cops also find find um, this uh, Zavid guy. He was actually also questioned by the police. He was called by the Delhi police, Zavid Alam, and he had been in Delhi for a week or so when the questioning was going on. Krunal was also called to the police station for the questioning, but nothing of any consequence happened in that investigation. I don't know why, because there was uh, uh, there was clear evidence that uh, the chat, the Telegram chat uh, has discrepancy and uh, Zavid was not behind the app. And Krunal also seemed to have a lot of uh, knowledge because um, so the Telegram chat, uh, it, uh, they claim that it happened between this uh, Zavid Alam guy and uh, a woman named uh, Samin. And her Twitter account was Adirit Not Samin. And uh, there is Krunal himself said, said that this was an imposter account. And um, in fact, uh, the number that was used to talk to uh, Zavid Alam while uh, pretending to be North, uh, not Samin was also Krunal Patel's number. So there was a clear uh, uh, indication that he has some uh, inside knowledge. So I'm not sure what happened in the police investigation that uh, it did not lead to any uh, arrests or detentions or 
anything of consequence and the same people this is how uh, the bully uh, the bully by thing also function because uh, how uh, vishal jha the person who has been uh, arrested he also had if you go to his twitter uh, his archived chats on twitter he has interacted with these bunch of people krunal patel and there was another guy called uh, ritesh jha who used to run this uh, account uh, called liberal dog news laundry has also done a story on ritesh jha and uh, so that's how they found because he was pretending to be a sick person and he was uh, interacting th- with these people and um, in one of the tweets he had put out his number phone number that's how the police traced him and uh, he doesn't seem to be the big fish here because there are clearly bigger players involved but uh, he has been uh, of course called for questioning and uh, hopefully something will uh, come out from the investigation that is uh, going on so like in the case of uh, sully deals no arrests have been made yet given right. the fact that in this particular case even though uh, you know github uh, decided to withdraw that particular app uh, which was created on their platform but there were uh, domain pages which were also bought on godaddy uh how easy or difficult it is for the police to nab the culprits in such cases pretty easy i would think if uh, we sitting in our uh, homes with our laptops uh, doing uh, this kind of research with uh, no uh, we don't have sophisticated tech or anything we just people sitting at home with our laptops doing some research if we can do it the police can do it too and uh, plus the police has the power to summon uh, godaddy and ask for the register register details the domain was bought so godaddy would have the register details payments would have been made to buy the domain so it wouldn't be too difficult to find out who bought the domain and uh, what ip address was it registered under and uh, get to the bottom of uh, who created the uh, website the corresponding website of sully deals so i think it is just a matter of intent and delhi police uh, there was a lack of uh, willingness to uh, actually catch the people who did it which is why it hasn't happened yet it should have it isn't very difficult nidhi i would like you to uh, help us understand uh, you know uh, based on your earlier story uh, done uh, you know in the case of sushant singh rajput when there were a lot of these uh, you know social media pages that had come up uh whose main target was riya chakrabarti who would blame her in one of the most uh you know vile manner uh for uh, the sudden uh, demise of the actor and even in this particular case while we are wondering uh, what could be the reason or motivation behind an engineer uh, and a co accused who also happens to be a woman to take out photos of women hundreds of them and put them out on auction on another platform uh what do you think could be uh, what is the mindset here uh, which which can explain and which can help us understand why this is being repeated again and again so i think couple of things the main link between um, say the riya chakraborty incident which is actually a, a case of conspiracy gone viral and this incident which is not exactly a conspiracy but something that's while and tragic and but gone viral as well is the case of the people involved in it and i think that as much as we're concerned about the women it's equally important for us to be concerned about the people behind 
such incidents and two kinds of concern. I mean, with the women involved in the bully by incident, it's important for us to be in solidarity, to stand with them and be allies in this, um, in what's happened. Uh, but I think in terms of who did it, generally what I've observed is three large emotions. Either there's a group of people who absolutely love what they've done and love them, or people hate them, or we're afraid of them. Um, and all three emotions to me are fairly paralyzing to a point where we're not then interested in them as people. And I think that we need to sort of like take out these paralyzing emotions and really be concerned for them. And which is what we tried to do with in the case of the Riya Chakravarti conspiracy, where um, what we did was very simple. We just identified three men uh, who were using this particular incident to create content that was fairly viral. Um, and they were coming at it from three different places. One was a young engineering student based out of Ghaziabad who um, was just doing this. Um, he'd never met Sushant Singh Rajput. He'd never watched a film of his. Um, so they didn't, at the face of it, uh, have any, there didn't seem to be any real connection between them. Uh, but then he was spending five to six hours of his day uh, producing content uh, that was completely vile. And he was and he was also giving a large part of his life to this, which is what is the case with most of these people, right? Like they to dedicate your life to something for these many hours of the day, to dedicate your mind space, mind space means it's something that clearly moves you. And why it moves you is always, for me, an interesting question. So for this young boy in Ghaziabad who is giving up his time to have this Facebook group, which had about 92,000, 93,000 followers, um, and people consistently in an organized manner posting uh, uh, content against Riya Chakraborty. And for him, ultimately, after like two hours of discussion, it came down to something really, really simple, which he said was, for the first time in his life, he had attention from women. And he said there were about three women uh, across the world who were sort of speaking to him at night because they were so upset uh, with, Riyach, uh, with Sushant Singh Rajput's death that he would get female attention for the first time in his life. And that is very important for a guy his age. And he had, of course, then decided to continue with this. And apart from that, there were a lot of things like he also got into, he digressed and got into a discussion with me about CANRC and how Muslims are so problematic. So there was also an underlying hate against Muslims, but for him, he couldn't get over the fact that he had women giving him attention for the first time. Now, another, another person we spoke to, uh, Sahil Chaudhary was this person who's a YouTuber. And if you go through his YouTube, he goes from imitating actors he has put out content imitating actors he's put out cookery shows and then he's put out things against Riya Chakravarti right to a point where he's actually very dedicatedly recreated that scene and what she might have done and what he might have done and how he died and even recreated the suicide and when I spoke to him I, I actually when I started to speak to him I found myself very angry like I was struggling to contain my own anger towards him but over a course of two hours when we did speak he just told me that you know he'd been a struggling actor he'd gone to Bollywood he'd always gotten a side role as a guy and he'd always you know been asked by he said there were instances of men trying to ask him for sexual favors women female directors trying to ask him for sexual favors and he was frustrated and he said you know for someone like him uh, who didn't come from a film background and was from a small town there was no way to make it in Bollywood 
and he said this is the most viral content that he's made like for the first time in his life he was having an audience which is something he'd been wanting for a very long time so i i just feel like uh, a lot of us find a lot of closure in the fact that arrests have been made or that the police is after them but there's a like this entire story is also a story of us like things that we have been willing to get addicted to things that we are willing to you know wake up and scroll through every day and things that we are also consistently okay to be angry about i mean there's a problem at a very societal level that needs to be addressed that doesn't get addressed with just an arrest i mean even today shweta singh the woman who's been arrested um she's 18 i just read an article that she's lost both her parents to covid i mean there's and and she's she's of course the the main perpetrator probably if she's the one who created this or started this but this wouldn't have happened if there weren't like 100 others uh, supporting so does the judicial system really address that all these 100 people how many people will we keep going after to put in jail if we don't address it as a societal issue right so basically uh, it's a culture that has uh, you know uh, evolved over a period of time which legitimizes uh, this hate uh, mongering uh, which is at play here and which perhaps uh, can help us in connecting uh, the dots every time such an incident uh, comes to light and uh, my question to you arshi is then that when you have uh, statements from those who are in power like the prime minister saying uh, referring to the anti ca protesters as those jinki pehchan kapdon se ho sakti hai do you think that in you know the political class is also to be blamed behind this legitimization of hate mongering uh, which is uh, which has unfortunately become the new normal in india today yeah exactly um, like nidhi said she said that this comes from hate uh, i'll say like this comes from hate and some kind of inferiority complex and yes when politicians the big political leaders of a country has normalized it among the masses okay when in this run up to the state up state elections so many big uh, political leaders yogi keshav maurya and other bjp mps they are continuously targeting muslim population or using muslim terms so firstly one thing is like they they are always using this aurangzeb jaib even though like this he's a long dead mogul king but this countering like it's like it's it's kind of a grim achievement for people uh, for bjp leaders or for the political leaders so they do not have anything else to offer at this point of time so this mass radicalization it comes from them because they are propagating it and with, and when they do not question it okay we have our mini, uh, one woman minister smriti rani at the center not one once she spoke about it we have then leaders like uh, priyanka chaturvedi she spoke about it so when the center itself they they don't want to stop it because they know somehow it's helping them this hatred this creating creating hatred because this is the only way they can stay in power because they don't have nothing else to offer no development no jobs nothing like the even the unemployment rate is all time high the way all these saints the so called saints they would call themselves yati and whoever this dharmsansad these people how openly can they 
ask like how openly can they say ki hum musalmanon ko card dalenge the way they speak or even uh, ram bhagat gopal even though he was there he pulled out his gun during the jamia protest he pulled out his gun and showed still he was still he was freed so the impunity that has been given and, and there is no comment from the leaders when we need to condemn the act so of course this has uh, this has emboldened these radicalized hindu people so this is a and as like till the time the leaders they do not stop them or say anything and do not uh, actually arrest them for these thing this will continue and this will keep growing and that and that is why muslims are coming out and speaking up and we kids that take action because this it is becoming i'm sorry to use this term but it is becoming a nazi state because if how can we stop ourselves when we know that muslims are in danger and um uh, that brings me to my uh, next question uh, if uh, nidhi or pooja uh, would like to answer this uh, you know in september mint had done a report uh, based on their conversation with uh, muslim coders uh, in india and abroad as well uh, where they had uh, you know tried to do like a, it was a deep dive uh, into some of the security related concerns around these software development platforms like github and uh, you know many of these coders were actually surprised to see that uh, a community of engineers could be uh, you know a bunch of these bigots and hooligans uh, who can create uh, such an uh, a such an app do you think that now that it has uh, you know made it to headlines all over again there is a need to regulate uh, these software development platforms as well in some way as far as flagging abusive content is concerned uh, should the government intervene or uh, like how can we ensure that this doesn't happen again i think um, yes there is of course a need for regulation especially uh, these uh, the recent uh, attacks on muslim women they they are not happening in uh, in english the bully by uh, controversy they were uh, it was uh, in punjabi and uh, sully deals as well it's either hindi predominantly or english and these languages are not regulated so obviously there has to be some regulation from the social media companies there has to be greater annotation of language and um, i don't know how this happens that it uh, in on GitHub is open source, so uh, there has to be some regulation that uh, you know people are banned from uh, making uh, such content that it does not appear. Uh, there can be there are most social media companies have two kinds of flagging: one that happens on its own, and one that happens when users uh, uh, report certain objectionable con- content. So I think the first area is where a great greater scrutiny is required. where social media companies uh, have more language classifiers and have more policies against uh, hate speech and they try to uh, regulate this uh, content but i would like to uh, go back to uh, arshi's uh, earlier point where she said that you know how these uh, muslim women have been targeted uh, because uh, they've been so uh, vocally against the government and uh, against most issues 
if but if you see the pattern here this uh, these are not the normal uh, hindu right wing uh, people on social media the hindu trads which have come out they are against the bjp they are against uh, the prime minister because they think that they are not uh, bjp is not anti muslim enough so the political backing that comes with uh, the normal uh, hindu right wing say an op india versus these uh, hindu trads i'm not sure what kind of backing these people have because there is an internal war also in the online uh, hindu right wing ecosystem the point i'm trying to make is that uh, there is a clear distinction between uh, the normal hindu right wing and and the trads which we have uh, recently noticed in the past year or so because they hate the bjp because they hate that they think that the bjp is not radical enough so i'm not sure how to counter this because they are much much more extreme and i don't think they're going to stop with uh, whatever is happening right now because there is one so many of them and and uh, they feed off this frustration and it just comes out on social media and they form their own ecosystems and also these trads they are basically uh, quite educated iit graduates and all and nri yeah. and also and it's not like they just have hate against muslims within the hindus also they have this hate like uh, i was reading i guess one of the twitter alishan jafri had posted a thread so i was just reading about it they have they hate the even within the caste like they have this superiority complex of being the highest of caste they can't even deal or speak with and they have like really ridiculous and really sexist uh, terms which they use against the dalits so it's not just the anti muslim hate yeah it just they are extreme yeah they are yeah. extremely conservative like they would have uh yeah they would have the problem with the perceived low, lower caste as exactly. well so they are i think much much more dangerous and quite organized so i'm not sure and the thing is it's not happening right now matlab this had happened last year as well and when they could have nipped this in the bud and they didn't uh, and not just with sully deals or uh, you know that youtube action uh, sorry auction that had happened but yeah. there were other there were others also there was some i've uh, we've covered this in our article there was this um, twitter handle that had started alp sankhyak uh, maharaja gulab singh alp sankhyak kalyan yojana and this was basically allowing men to make bids for muslim women so they have been functioning for quite some time it's just that sully deals uh, sort of blew up which is why they've been uh, recognized now but um, i think if there would have been action from uh, uh, at that time. you know some legal repercussions all social media companies uh, coming out and dealing with this problem it would have wouldn't have uh, you know uh, escalated so much and also this liberal dog when uh, he has his youtube page also i don't know whether it, it has been taken down it has been taken down but also when sully during sully deals when they were trying to uh, blame this muslim youth for the creation of the app and they are posting manufactured chats to show that he's behind the app you also have to wonder why they are going to to an extent to if they are saying that they are not behind sully deals but they are also going to the extent of creating manufactured chats why are they doing that if you have no uh, uh, you know if you have uh, nothing to do with the app then why are you trying to uh, 
show that someone else is when you have nothing to do with it you could you would stay out of it but here you are trying to pin the blame on, on someone else and this was uh, you know krunal patel and his gang doing this and i and you know they did it i think there's also oh, like- yes this is this is a monster which i don't know how uh, even uh, supporters of the bjp are going to control because they are these are young 18 year olds 19 year olds talking about necrophilia and uh, you know when i say necrophilia in english it sounds still you know d- doesn't hurt the ears but the way they talk about it in hindi and in such crass language this is to me it is beyond control and it is not going to stop yeah it reminds me of that time when uh, uh, i was recently watching a series actually it's the uh, the crimes that happened in the 42nd street in new york times square where they talked no, about how like uh, sex work became super popular and there was so much access to sex workers violence against them also increased because sex work and sexual like pornography got some sort of like public legitimacy um so people thought they could do whatever they want whatever they yeah. even i saw that and i was like you know there's that there's a sense of this hate against muslims has gained impunity so i don't know i wonder sometimes like if this sort of that impunity is giving space for um, real like wild sexual fantasies to exist because then to justify it by saying that i was actually protecting my community and this is just hate against muslims it's easy to get away with that but it's it's really like it's really like a like a sexual problem and and, yeah, and space being given for that problem and this stems from that patriarchy plus islamophobia plus hate so like it's like an actually indirect attack on hindu uh, muslim men by these hindu men yeah, in some way i mean i wonder like because islamophobia has also become such a conversation if that's being used to live out certain sort of like Saying sexual fantasies, then it's a really scary situation where because it's almost impossible to then differentiate whether this is a political ideology at play uh, and should be handled at a policy political level or is this a real societal issue? You know. And if like if there had been any action against any not just these incidents of Suli or Bulli deals, if any action against the hate speeches also which they've been giving since such a long time by all these saints this yati and other uh, same dharm sansad leaders i think like they don't i mean they there isn't any action i do not understand this fact that how can they say when you have a proof in front of you there's news about this all over they still are not ready to accept this fact that somebody said it ki मुस्लिम को कार्ड डालेंगे या फिर कुछ आई लाइक इट्स बियॉन्ड माई अंडरस्टैंडिंग वाई वोट यू बिलीव लाइक हाउ मच हेट हैज बिन इनग्रेन्ड इन यू सिंस योर ग्रोइंग यूर्स एंड ऑफकोर्स इट कम्स फ्रॉम द फैमिली बट इट्स लाइक बट इट्स योर डिसीजन टू वेदर अनकंडीशन योर सेल्फ ऑन नॉट हाउ यू अनकंडीशन योर सेल्फ बट हाउ वाई वोट यू अंडरस्टैंड लाइक आई रियली वॉन्ट टू नो फ्रॉम दैम Like what truth has uh, become a perception hasn't it it doesn't matter what the fact is it's what you believe the fact to be it's quite uh, scary yes fact gives you a sense of belonging which is what a lot of these ideologies also thrive on that these collective performances or even the performance by a leader becomes uh, a space for say 100 people in the room to feel a sense of family to feel a sense of belonging which is also what happens in virtual spaces this convincing that i am saying this but it's also you saying this doesn't like 
then immediately the people in the room are as criminal as the person who's saying it. So they become as vigilant in justifying it as the person who said it. So I just feel like that's the problem while tackling this behavior. I just think that our current judicial system is just doesn't have the scope to tackle this uh, wildness. Like we don't have the psychological bandwidth to do it, at least in terms of law, I feel. Yeah, because it's benefiting the people in power, no matter whatever is happening. It's even the tracks they do not consider DJP is anti-Muslim enough. I mean, imagine what they've been fed with. You know what? At some point, I feel I'm so mentally exhausted that I don't I want to take break from everything around. But then I get the sense of responsibility also. Like, how can I? There are people, okay, I'm still at some privilege level that. I don't get targeted physically. All right. I'm still in my safe space. I'm not digitally in the digital. Okay, digital space is never safe, but that does not stop anyone from saying anything. I am not digitally safe, but then I think like there are people who are not physically safe also, the Muslim community or people from lower caste. They are not because they, I mean, it, it's mentally exhausting to even see all these things. They don't, I don't know how can nobody realize this thing, like how it's, you can't attack, you can't be attacked physically, but mentally it's, it's as, as bad as it is. I think social media companies really need to step in because uh, this monster of trads that has been created, this is the doing of social media because as deranged as they are, of course, the polarization has happened on ground and which is why they uh, think in certain manner. But this extreme sort of a behavior, this has, this is the support system that they have uh, formed on social media. And this isn't even the dark web, this is Twitter. And this is, they're doing it openly. Like, it's not even that they are in these, uh, you know, uh, uh, dark web rooms where they're discussing these wild fantasies. They're doing it openly and it's happening in non-English languages. Probably that's why it's not being, uh, uh, you know, taken down. But uh, this is you know, half of this is has to be blamed on uh, social media companies and how they allow the, such ecosystems to flourish. And yeah, yeah. I mean, the right wing propaganda, which is so there on Twitter, it's one of the government things to do also. Like, I don't know where I was reading that, forgot that right wing propaganda is more prevalent on Twitter spaces, like and on the social media space that that is pushed more than anything else. And also like, it's not like just Twitter. Uh, yeah, I mean, just not social media. Of course, there is. it's on social media. But when it comes on ground, not like it just started in 2014 or 2012. So I was talking to one of the, one of these IPAC members about, for my recent article, I was just talking to him. And he told me that this, uh, okay, the BJP, the polarization, and uh, even before when BJP came into power in UP or, or anywhere. So this has been, uh, created was being created from last 20 more over 20 years this has been created like the hindu yuva vahini the way yogi was like he was pushed to the power how it started so it started from like in 20 in 2004 and before that uh when they first started attack uh attacking marginalized muslim communities in eastern up so it started from there and by 2007 this hindu yuva vahini uh, was spread across 15 districts. So it, it's it's everywhere, social media, on ground, on ground being, I mean, by these people, those who, actually, did you see this one post where one of the social media users, he actually said, ki, bade mob lynching karenge, openly on Twitter. 
yeah yeah someone had uh, posted a screenshot yes. exactly see i mean this is because you know there's so much impunity that they can post anything like this i did in an article for scroll uh, a few months back on how uh, so many pornographic accounts also function on uh, twitter uh, where they propagate uh, hindu muslim porn and really yeah. sexually violent content yeah, exactly um this will sound uh, quite triggering there was a post which said uh, it showed a muslim woman and it said demolish me like the babri masjid and uh, you know twitter did not had no either had no idea of this because all of them were functioning in such organized manner it's like you know this dark place you just uh, you scroll and you find this one pornographic handle and then you see its followers and then you realize that there are hundreds of them functioning and twitter has probably no idea or uh, has an idea hasn't taken care of it but while doing the story we did report these uh, some of the handles and they were taken down by twitter so po- it is possible that you know they don't even come in uh, twitter's radar a strand of more rabid right wing followers who are being referred to as hindu uh, trads who are disillusioned with uh, you know bjp's uh, politics around religion uh, do you think that uh, the only way to handle uh, such online um, attack is uh, by you know countering it through more uh, activism online activism by being more vocal Uh, on social media so is online activism then the only way of countering this menace arshi what do you think yeah i yes i completely agree only if there's no online uproar about such be like incidents it will they will bury it nobody will be arrested no action will be taken so online activism at this moment the kind of state we are living in is the only way to counter attack such trolls such apps such people who are continuously demeaning and dehumanizing people i mean women or minorities i mean how otherwise how else would you such as like what there's no other way around and uh, to what extent uh, and this is like for all of you do you think uh, media is also to be blamed uh for you know this mess because there are certain sections of media in fact uh, mainstream uh, channels who have been dishing out this you know hindu muslim hate uh, day in and day out uh, be it you know a, an entire episode dedicated to thug jihad or a conversion racket so to what extent is uh, the media fraternity also to be blamed uh every time when such an episode uh, happens okay so because people who are well read or like well versed with things on social media we still we read digital news so from pl- platforms like quint or news laundry or any such uh, scoop or anyway we read but people who do not have too much access to social media for them mainstream media which is like tv channels like republic and times now z news they are wide far and wide spread like their reach is it has outmassed so when they play like the mainstream media they are the ones who actually create such terminolo- terminologies for like against muslims basically so they are the only people because fr- through them uh, the radicalized they, they the people become more radicalized 
so mainstream media is the biggest biggest culprit in uh, in heightening this radicalization i think there has been a two pronged approach here with the with the help of both media where the which where, which the government has used to uh, legitimize hate uh, through tv and reaching our parents the older generation and then there is on social media where you are legitimizing hate uh, through also misinformation which lay the ground for justifying this hate misinformation right now i think has taken a back seat because not a lot of people like the way mis- we used to react to misinformation maybe some 3 years ago and the way we react to it now it's quite different and because hate has because misinformation the the ground that it lay uh, for hate to flourish that has happened so the two prong approach is one by the media to target the older generation and then there is social media to target the mm-hmm. target the younger generation so they've uh, done both and now you know with the hindu trads now you've created something that you have no idea how to tackle i don't know it's pretty uh, grim for from where i'm looking at it um i completely agree with ashi in terms of the fact that there is no way but to keep talking about it but i but i also really believe that this government this system this media ecosystem also is really counting on our fatigue like how long will you remain angry how many things will you be angry about so there's also they also really count on this fatigue uh, and then eventual burnout that they can keep doing this and how long will somebody be angry or keep shouting right so it's also i feel important for us to recognize that these groups who we refer to as the fringe group they're no longer the fringe this isn't the fringe this is hundreds of people around us and it's even possible that we are the french at this point you know like there's there's so many of them in this collective mania that it's not the french anymore which also means that we need to stop um acting like they're on the periphery of things you know they're really in our lives these are not monsters standing somewhere outside doing this they're people we interact with on a day to day basis people who we don't know uh, could possibly be going online and doing this so i think the only solution is also to start talking amongst each other and talking to people we don't agree with talking to people and and i also say this aware of the fact that i come with a lot of privilege in the sense that with regards to my identity my class my caste everything for a lot of people talking is not an option and talking itself can be traumatic but as a journalist i also feel like it's important to ask those questions and when we say action needs to be taken what is this action we are referring to does it really solve an issue does it even address the problem uh, so before we rush into solutions or uh, things i and i think it's important to make these arrests i'm not saying that i'm not undermining um, the fact that arrests need to be made and people need to be held accountable but i think there's in that it's important not to lose the fact that there's a lot more that helps to me needs to be held accountable and we also don't do it because often it it can it is possible that we need to hold ourselves accountable to what kind of systems we are allowing um, ourselves to exist in as well and how much we are willing to say yes to and no to yeah so there's so many nuances to this that i i don't think like we have you know we there's so much about us that we don't know yet so it's carry the confidence with a lot of mainstream media reports on it but honestly as a like i actually 
I mean, like I ha had one of these people in contact. Uh, I was in contact with this right wing people. He was my friend. He is, I mean, colleague, I would say whatever it is. But honestly, you know, I tried speaking to him like one such educated, very educated person, but who has this right wing ideology. But Nidhi, trust me, at one point you just back off because you don't have the enough mental strength oh, yeah. to deal. Absolutely. I mean, even with our own families, right? Like how, I, I mean, there's only a certain point to which I can speak to my parents. Like sometimes exactly. agree that, you know, if you have to love the people in your life, you can't know everything about them. Oh, and for me, like just to back up was like blocking this person. But I think when, okay, this is my friend thing, but I think when it comes to family, thankfully, maybe because of the, because we are the minority. So we do not have anything against, like there's nothing to counter with them. We agree on the same, like we are on the same platform only. But with friends and colleagues, even if it was in any kind of space, whether it's in working space, sometimes you you say things. I mean, uh, you say things, but that it isn't received well. Even though how progressive that other person, other individual is, even they they call themselves self uh, self centrists or whatever, how progressive they are. Yes, you know they, but their progressiveness is limited. It's quite uh, difficult, yeah. I mean, how do you counter such things? I have no idea. Like, I had uh, I'd gone uh, for a uh, panel discussion on uh, NDTV, I think two years ago or something. And one of my friend's uh, father, who was uh, quite uh, a staunch uh, BJP supporter, he saw me on NDTV and I had gone to their place. And uh, he's telling me that and uh, I'm like looking at him telling my friend dude what does your dad say like don't talk to him just that's the only way to handle in these situations then you don't even know like how to react to you know things like this I mean I it was so absurd that I laughed laughed it off right uh, so I'm afraid I'll have to uh, now wrap up this uh, discussion guys so uh, thank you, Arshi, Pooja, and Nidhi for uh, joining me today on this discussion on Reporters Without Orders. And uh, I will conclude uh, this podcast by requesting everyone to share their recommendations for our listeners. So Arshi, would you like to go first? Is there any uh, article or video that you've watched recently? something that you would like to recommend yeah i would recommend one show if i mean it's not related to it watch made on netflix it's really i mean like it's totally unrelated but yes it's an amazing it's show. a good show yeah so i would recommend uh, there's an article uh, in new york times i think it was last year the profile of uh, john stewart where he kind of talks about uh, news and like culture of news uh, and what we count as news especially post 9/11 yeah, in terms of what we're talking about today, there's an EPW uh, article called uh, it's titled Do Indian Courts Face a Dilemma in Interpreting History, which is very interesting. So that's good. And I would also have another recommendation, which is Krishti Jaiswal's article in News Laundry. She did a, a, a piece on uh, the guy who is actually behind SSR's um, whole pilgrimage. I don't even know what to call it, really, but the person who propagates uh, and keeps up the SSR campaign. Um, so yeah, I saw that. I've, I've read that. Yeah, it's a very well done piece. It's very well done piece. Yeah. I think my recommendation uh, off the top of my head uh, 
um, since we are on solely deals and the organized, uh, you know, coordinated behavior, there was this uh, research by, uh, I'm forgetting, it was uh, some uh, think tank, but BBC had to republish that report on how uh, during the farmers' protests, there were these uh, fake uh, sick accounts uh, that were trying to pose as Khalistanis and uh, trying to derail the movement. Um, that is a good uh, research, and uh, I think that people should read that. Yeah. Um, I would recommend firstly uh, Arshiv's piece, uh, which she has written recently for uh, Maktoub Media, based on uh, this recent controversy. I would also recommend this uh, piece, uh, which has been published on the Quint by Alia Waziri. And she has uh, written about her own experience of coming to terms uh, with the fact that even her mother's photo was among uh, those who uh, had featured on this Bully by app. Uh, I would also recommend the uh, you know uh, detailed investigative uh, piece done by Alt News in November and earlier by my uh, colleague uh, Pratik uh, for News Laundry regarding uh, this uh, Twitter handle that goes by the name of Liberal Dog. It is important that we read and sensitize ourselves, uh, you know, as to what is happening around us. These are not some random attacks uh, or, or, you know, of on which are inspired by some uh, online hatred. Uh, these are very organized uh, attacks. Uh, targeted at a particular uh, community, uh, especially that has been, uh, uh, that feels that it has been at the receiving end of this government. And therefore, they are asking some very uh, valid questions in the backdrop of the spurts in hate crimes and lynchings uh, ever since uh, BJP has come to power in our country. So those uh, would be my recommendations uh, for our listeners. I would recommend, yeah, recently, like Rana Youth, she posted her article on Substack. It's like she has collated everything and just talked about other women also who've been targeted. It's a really nice, crisp piece on the entire episode and how Islamophobia is really kind of. Right. Uh, so uh, thank you all for uh, joining uh, me today and sharing your views. Uh, on that note, uh, this podcast is adjourned. And listeners, if you are hearing this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast platform, do head on to uh, newslaundry.com and check out some of our other stuff, uh, investigative stories, interviews, and podcasts. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.